I give glory to our Lord for the richness of the life. And I'm very grateful for the elders who wish give me the opportunity to share a few thoughts about uh, the gospel of Mark. Donc, avant de continuer, je voudrais laisser uh, Jesse nous lire le test en anglais ce matin, avant qu'on continue notre développement. Mark 6, verses 30 to 44. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many were coming and going that they did not even have the chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were, and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, the test is fairly well known. This test had impacted my own faith throughout my adolescence. There is very clear element in this, in this test. If I were asked the question, I believe you will easily provide the response. The multiplication of loaves. Yes, food. Food is an ever-present, in fact, in our daily life. Probably few of us would say they hate eating. While this test is primarily recognized for the miracles, I do not want to ignore this miracle. I would like to shed some light this morning on the people in this story. We will examine the disciples. We will examine also uh, Jesus himself. And before concluding this morning, we will examine the interaction between Jesus, his disciple and the crown. Today, we will see how the gospel of Mark portrays Jesus as God's great servant with unlimited supply. The test begins with describing the disciple account of their activities 
on the mast of the mast to the master Jesus. In verse 30, they report all they has done and thought. The focus here appear to be on the disciples on exploit and not on the one who sent them on the field. As a gracious teacher, Jesus does not judge them for this, nor will I. Jesus listened attentively and suggests finding the place to rest. So Jesus and his disciples take the boat and look for a solitary place. But the crown, thirsty for teaching, discovers Jesus' resting place. They manage to get ahead of the disciple and wait for them as they leave the boat. What surprise. Once Jesus saw them, he began to teach. After enough time has passed, the disciple began to realize that the hour was getting late and the people would soon need to eat. In verse 35 and 36, it can read. Comme l'heure était avancée, les disciples s'approchèrent de lui et dirent, ce lieu est désert et l'heure est avancée. Renvoie-les afin qu'ils aillent dans les campagnes et dans les villages des environs pour s'acheter de quoi manger. The disciple proposed to Jesus the only solution they could find, send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. The problem is that the crowd need to eat. In response to the disciples, Jesus asked two questions, verse 37 and 38. Et là encore, on va se rendre compte que Jésus, c'est un bon enseignant parce qu'il passe toujours par le questionnement pour s'intéresser à celui à qui ou ceux à qui il enseigne pour que eux-mêmes y réfléchissent à la chose. Et là, les disciples vont répondre. Firstly, Jesus tells his disciples, you give them something to eat. Now, we may, I think that the same disciples who were proud to boast in verse 30 will carry on in the same spirit. Think again. Instead, they respond to Jesus' question with their own in verse 37. Mais ils lui dirent, irions-nous acheter des pains pour 200 deniers et leur donnerions-nous à manger? Et certains disent que cette dépense qu'il fallait faire était comme une demi-année de travail, de salaire. In other words, paying too much food to feed these people will be an enormous sacrifice that will be sure to hurt their budget. Their cost estimate lead us to believe the crowd must be quite large. This confirmed in verse 24, counting the number of men who had eaten at 5,000. Jesus asks another question. How many loaves do you have? The disciples do an inventory count and inform him there are five loaves and two fish. This information overwhelmingly demonstrates that their supplies are completely inadequate to meet 
the needs of a crown numbering at least 5,000. As a partial conclusion, throughout this process and in the response of the disciple, we see two extremes. The first is the extreme cost of carrying of God's sheep. A cost is so extreme, they are in fact incapable of paying the price over by ourselves. That kind of re re reaction is perfectly normal and human. Now, in some cases, it is possible that it is exactly the kind of situation God wants us in. By that, I mean to say that God may want us to pay high costs in order to face a challenge. He may ask you to sacrifice, dig deep, far more than you are comfortable with to, over, to overcome a hurting relationship with another person or in, your, in our community. The second extreme kind, the second kind of extreme is the meagerness of the resources. Far too often in our Christian service and care to others, we do our own inventory count of what we have, our money, our time, our gifting, and what we have look so, more, so small than it's make helping seem impossible. We think with these two mindset, more than we can afford and not enough to make a difference, the disciple arrived in the inescapable conclusion, sent the people away. We struggle with our physical limitation, our humanity is laid bare. What I find interesting in this story is the choice that Jesus makes. He works with the smallest possible resources. In this case, he multiplied the loaf and the fish. But I believe that even if Jesus had decided to purchase more food as the disciple has suggested, he would have to multiply their money. So they, they had more than enough to meet the need of the crown and satisfy the budgetary need for the disciple just because he's sufficient. In Mark 6 verse 7, Jesus sent out his disciple. Their mission went relatively well and they returned to report on everything. In verse 31, Jesus understood that his disciple would benefit from rest and took them by boat in an isolated place. This blind reply will soon be interrupted by a crown, so very thirsty of teaching. Once Jesus stepped out of the boat, he witnessed the crowd like a sheep without a shepherd. A flock without a shepherd is vulnerable to predator. A sheep without a shepherd leaves sheep without direction. And above all, dying of hunger. Saying this crown, saying this crown, Mark tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion. The crown, such 
as it came in search of Jesus and his teaching moved the Lord's head. Zacchaeus demonstrated the same motivation as he climbed in the sycamore tree to get closer to our Lord. Jesus responded to Zacchaeus' faith by eating with him as described in Luke 19 verse five. Before moving on the test, let's examine more deeply this description of Jesus by the gospel writer. He had, more, he had compassion on them. We find this expression a dozen times in the New Testament, five times in Matthew, four in Mark, three in Luke. This expression is generally attributed to Jesus, but also to the people who actions reveal the character of God or of Jesus. For example, the master in a parable of unmerciful servant, the good Samaritan in a parable of the same names, and the father of the parable in the parable of the good, of the prodigal son. In ancient Greek, both word from which this verb is derived means a heart in which mercy resides. This verb itself means to be stirred in own bower, être remué dans ses entrailles. Je dirais à mon mot que ce sentiment d'être remué à ses, dans ses entrailles est un sentiment fort qui amène une personne à se disposer, à faire un sacrifice pour le bien-être de celui qui est en face de lui ou du peuple ou toute autre personne. The AIV uh, translates this sentiment as Jesus being moved to compassion. This subject, this subject a personal desire within Jesus to do a right Thing. Jesus met the need of the crown with both physical and spiritual food. This reception he offered them much the hospitality he promised in Matthew 11 verse 38. Venez à moi, vous tous qui êtes fatigués et chargés, je vous donnerai du repos. Some of Jesus, mirac Jesus miracles come right on the hill of very specific teaching. In this case, the multiplication of the bread is an object lesson reinforcing Jesus' teaching. This is continuous lesson. This is one continuous lesson rather than two separate things. Once again, I remind that Jesus is the servant with unlimited supply for his sheep. Let's Observe this together in verse 41. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them. He also divided the two fish among them all. As a creator, God, Jesus created mankind, male and female, for nothing but dust. With five loaves and two fish, Jesus fed over 5,000 people. 
Notons ici que ce miracle que Jésus fait est en pleine connexion avec le Père. Et on se serait attendu que les disciples qui étaient en bon rapport avec Jésus et qui ont fait un très bon rapport de ce qu'ils ont fait, restent en connexion avec Jésus quand Jésus leur posait la question, ce que, quand Jésus s'intéressait à eux, sur ce qu'ils avaient. Mais Jésus nous montre un exemple ici parce qu'il est pleinement connecté avec le Père et le Père va certainement exaucer la prière. C'est ce qui se serait attendu des disciples. Naturally, the crown will have learned much of this lesson, but I think the disciple may learn even more by way, by way of the miracle itself. Jesus doesn't, the test doesn't provide all detail. Many theories abound in the multiplication of loaves. Here are two. Jesus prayed and a mountain of loaves and fish appeared from which the disciples refueled the people. Two, Jesus prayed and the loaves and the fish began to multiply. As the disciples gathered them into the basket to sell, throughout this miracle, the same power which multiplied the food was at work to keep the disciple basket from empty. I like the second hypothesis because it aligns with the promise made to us that we would not be left or forsaken. Jesus guarantees unlimited supply throughout his work and mission. This provision covers everything. Our responsibility is to trust in him and his provision and his provision. Current events may look disparate in, our, in the surface and tend us to come to the similar conclusion as the disciple But let's give to the Lord of the harvest some room to do his work as we do ours. Avant de conclure, souvenons-nous d'une chose, un, un, un des bons théologiens ou des théologiens bien connus avait dit que le chrétien devait avoir la Bible dans une main et, et, et le journal dans une autre main. Comme quoi, nous sommes appelés à nous informer, nous sommes appelés à avoir des informations, à avoir de la connaissance. Et là, je vais rejoindre une autre pensée qui disait que ce qui est important dans la vie, ce n'est pas seulement ce que l'on sait, mais c'est qui on connaît. Jésus lui connaissait le Père et il pouvait s'adresser au Père et il y a eu une suite. Mais les disciples dans leur cheminement n'avaient pas encore une connaissance profonde de qui était Jésus, mais ils avaient quand même des connaissances sur Jésus. Nous sommes encouragés fortement à tendre vers la connaissance de qui est notre Seigneur que de nous arrêter tout simplement sur des informations que nous avons de lui. Et on se souvient de Marie qui dit « Jésus, si tu avais été là il y a de trois jours, mon frère ne serait pas mort. » Ça, c'est une, une connaissance qu'elle a. Mais si elle savait qui est Jésus, elle aurait dû donner un, un raisonnement différent et à foi en ce que Jésus devait faire quand il est arrivé devant la tombe. Application. Comme application, ou bien as application, let's continue to make assessment of our challenges as we serve others. Let's try to avoid basic 
basing decision solely in our own human perception or understanding. As we go about our Christian service, let's place our faith in Jesus and let him act. Remember that it is not so much what you, we know as who we know. As the children of God, remember that Jesus is the servant with unlimited supplies, both for our personal challenges and for the challenges of building his kingdom on earth. Cela dit, si nous nous exerçons à faire pleinement confiance ou à travailler notre relation pour connaître plus qui est Jésus et ne pas nous arrêter sur les informations ou sur la connaissance que nous avons de lui, la continuité du service que le Christ fait, un peu comme je nous ai partagé tout à l'heure, l'hypothèse selon pour moi, selon laquelle Jésus a prié pour la multiplication des pains. Les disciples ont pris les pains dans les paniers pour aller distribuer. Et pendant qu'ils distribuaient, la puissance de la, de la multiplication continuait de se manifester dans le service qu'ils faisaient. Donc, si on, est connecté à qui nous, si on est connecté à qui nous servons, si on est en bonne relation avec le Seigneur dans le service que nous offrons, il a la capacité d'approvisionner notre cheminement pour que ce que nous fassions apporte des solutions au peuple qui n'est autre que le sien. C'est un défi de travailler à connaître qui est Jésus, qui nous servons, pour que ce serviteur qui pourvoit de manière illimitée puisse pouvoir au travers de nous pour le besoin de son peuple, pour le besoin des brebis que nous sommes appelés à encadrer. Nous aurons certainement des grands défis. Nous aurons des difficultés auxquelles nous serons confrontés. Mais par rapport à ces difficultés, qu'est-ce que nous décidons de faire? Est-ce que nous disons, nous sommes incapables d'avancer? Ou bien nous disons à Jésus, qu'est-ce qu'il faut faire? Souvenons-nous, Jésus leur a posé la question, vous, qu'est-ce que vous avez? On pouvait aussi se tourner vers Jésus pour dire, Voici ce que nous avons, ou bien Jésus, qu'est-ce que tu voudrais que nous fassions? Et le Seigneur, je pense fortement, sera capable de nous guider. Apprenons à connaître le Seigneur, mais travaillons à connaître davantage qui il est et ne pas nous laisser aux informations pour que sa capacité de pouvoir à nos besoins puisse être continuelle et renouvelée dans le service que nous lui offrons. Prions le Seigneur. Seigneur, nous te sommes infiniment reconnaissants pour ce matin. Tu es celui qui pourvoit aux besoins de ton peuple. Et tu as connu cette situation où le peuple était dans le besoin. Mais toi, dans ta souveraineté, tu voulais interagir avec tes disciples. Tu voulais leur enseigner quelque chose. Et tu as désiré qu'ils participent. Mais ces disciples qui ont fait des bons rapports, que les, gens, les choses leur étaient soumises, n'ont pas pu comprendre ce que tu voulais. Ils ont vite évalué les difficultés. Ils se sont rendus compte, ô oh Seigneur, que la difficulté était énorme, au-delà de la capacité des ressources qu'ils avaient. Et quand bien même tu leur as demandé, ils ont dit qu'ils n'ont que cinq pains et deux poissons. Seigneur, c'était encore une limite. Mais toi, tu as pris les cinq pains et deux poissons et tu as multiplié. Seigneur, je te prie ce matin pour nos vies respectives. Les besoins qui sont dans nos vies, dans de, 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 de t'amener nos besoins. 
et de te faire confiance pour que tu multiplies. Là où nous sommes dans un questionnement, Seigneur, viens à notre rencontre et révèle-toi à nous pour que nous sachions ce que tu veux que nous fassions. Je te prie pour notre communauté, pour ceux qui nous dirigent, pour que tu les guides dans leur marche au quotidien, dans leur manière de t'écouter. Pour ceux qui travaillent à plusieurs niveaux dans la communauté, que tu sois à leur côté pour leur révéler ta pensée. Que toute la gloire et la louange te reviennent. C'est au nom de Jésus que nous prions. Amen.